You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. We're going to look at Luke chapter 23. As we consider this last saying, and it's this, it was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun had stopped shining. We looked at that in another time of uh, that this really was a phenomena of darkness. It wasn't just overcast. The sun literally stopped shining according to Scripture. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. That's an interesting uh, fact right here that we need to pause and just talk about for a second. So in the temple, there was a place called the Holy of Holies, and that was where the presence of God was. And only only the high priest could go in there once a year. And let me tell you, he went in there with fear and trepidation, because if you had any sin in your life, walking into the presence of God was instant death. And so the priest would take the blood of an animal to pay for sin. And so this curtain, this large curtain that hung in the temple, that curtain separated humanity from the presence of God. But when Jesus died, that curtain miraculously and supernaturally was ripped from top to bottom as if heaven's hands grabbed it and ripped it down. And it symbolizes the opening of every person upon on planet earth having access into the presence of God. We call that the gospel, the good news, that Jesus is for us and not against us. And so that curtain was torn, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. Last week, we considered Jesus saying, it is finished. But it wasn't finished. (laughs) And he was speaking to us about even in the middle of things, uh, he knows the end. And really, it was a statement of victory for you and I. This statement today, as we learn this lesson today, this statement is really a statement of trust. Father, I put my life into your hands. Father, I put all that belongs to me into your hands. And Jesus, in that moment of even feeling alone and abandoned on the cross, knew to place his life, to know that God was faithful, that God was trustworthy, and to place, God, to place his life into his Father's hands. Our lesson today is this. Finally, <laughs> and it really is a finally, surrender your day to God. Surrender your thick of it to God and let it go. Well, that's a lot easier said than done, but I want to give you some principles today because if we can learn to be here, if we can learn to really trust God and to give Him our lives, there's a peace that passes all understanding that we can live in and that can be a part of our lives. And so as we look at this surrendering, you need to understand today that most of us want to co-manage our lives with God. We're holding on, and you know, even in prayer sometimes, we're holding on, oh God, help me with this, and we pull it back down, and we hold on to it, and God says, I need you to give me that, and we're like, okay, I think I trust you, and we want to co-manage. We want to know if God's going to do it our way, and today, really, we have to understand, we cannot co-manage our lives with God. In fact, I want you to understand that if you don't give your situation 
and give your problem with God, you still have it, and God doesn't. If God doesn't have your problem, it's because you didn't put it into his hands. Today we need to understand this lesson of very intentionally learning to live and thrive in the thick of it by committing to God our situations and our circumstances. Jesus was actually quoting Psalm 31. And that's an interesting, an interesting quote. I want you to see this. The psalmist David, the psalm that Jesus is quoting, said this, Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. What's the trap? What's the trap? We need to consider the trap today that David said, keep me free from. And then the next part of this verse that Jesus quotes is, into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. The trap today is not, is not putting into his hands our lives. The trap today that I want to talk about is the trap of worry. Man, there are, there's just a lot of things we could worry about right now. And uh, I, remember, I remember a time uh, when I was flying uh, in an airplane, and uh, I was near the back of the plane, and I'd already, I was already seated, and I'd put my headphones in because I'm not one of those guys that wants to chat it up with a stranger on an airplane. I know some people, they want to talk to people, lead them to Jesus, do all kinds of things on an airplane because they have a captive audience. That's not me. What I like to do is just kind of get cozy, put my headphones in, and uh, really be left alone. So this dear lady comes down the aisle, and she heads my way, and I assume I was on the window seat, and she came in and sat down beside me. I smiled and, and kind of greeted her, but left my headphones in as a signal of, you know what, I'm just going to have some quiet time on the plane right now. She smiled back, and the plane began to taxi down the runway, and as it accelerated and it started to, to just about get to lift off, she reached over and grabbed my hand. And that dear old lady squeezed me like my hand had not been squeezed before. And it was awkward. I wasn't sure what to do, but I realized that she was really worried about the airplane. She was really worried and afraid of what was going to take place. And as we got airborne and we reached an altitude, it was a little more comfortable, she eased off and she looked at me and said, I'm so sorry, but I am so scared of flying. And I just reassured her and said, that's okay. You can have my hand anytime. You know, there are a lot of things to worry about right now with the, with the virus spreading and fear spreading. Many of us are really knowing what it is to really worry like we've not worried before. Hey, it's not just whether or not we get sick. The economy is changing by the moment. Many of you are suffering layoffs and uncertainty about the future. The economy and the predictions of the economy in the future and how long will it take for it to recover. There's a lot to worry about. Hey, my mutuals are taking a hit, just like your mutuals are taking a hit today. And there's a lot we could really fret about and really worry about. Right now, as we're in our homes and the stress that we're sensing and feeling, don't underestimate uh, how that will affect your marriages right now and how if you have a heightened kind of argumentative level in your homes, just stop with your spouse for a moment and say, hey, let's not underestimate the amount of stress that we're facing. And so worry and fear is very real. And I, I want to talk to you about that today and the trap of worry and being able to commit these things very practically and intentionally into God's hands. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at uh, a sermon Jesus preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. 
And we want, a whole section was dedicated to this topic of worry. And I want to share it with you today. No one can serve two masters. Uh, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And in some translations, mammon. And we've looked at this portion of Scripture before and kind of looked at this idea of how finances and money are really central to who we are. It represents our buying, our selling, and our life. I don't want to so much look at finances today, but this idea of serving either God or someone else, something else. And, and uh, here it's talking about money. But you might say, what does that have to do with worry? Well, look at the Scripture as it continues now. It just, it just carries on. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. There's a connection here. Either God is God in our lives or He's not. You can't have two. There can't be you and God and co-management of our lives. But really, this putting into, into God's hands our life. And he's, so very clearly, that's why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? When it talks about life here, it's not talking about our physical life. It's talking about when Jesus comes into our life and we're born again, that we're given the abundant, eternal life of God that lives in us, that we really are visitors here on the earth. The, we will spend eternity with God. And life, the life of God, is so much more than the moments of difficulty that we're facing here on this earth and uh, the, the times that we're in the thick of it. As we're learning today to thrive in the thick of it, to transfer our lives into the hands, into the responsibility, and allow God to manage. It says that, uh, do we have enough food or drink? I don't know why the toilet paper thing has become such a phenomenon. It's just weird. Why wasn't it something else? Why toilet paper? It's like toilet paper is the answer to the coronavirus. I, I have to confess something to you right now. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed about this. So Christine and I are in a store uh, just a few days ago, and uh, we have our cart, and we have our stuff in the cart, and one of the associates walks by and uh, recognized us from church. And that associate said to us in a whisper, do you have enough TP? I'm thinking TP, oh, yeah, toilet paper. Why are we whispering? It's like top secret. <laughs> And, and uh, Christina answered right away, no, we don't. And I'm thinking, yes, we do. But she got the, no, we don't out faster than I could. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, so, and so the lady said, if you come to the back door by the dairy department, I'll put one in your cart. <laughs> and so we wheel down to the dairy department, wait by the door, looking left, looking right. I'm feeling like a deal's going down. All of a sudden, an arm comes through the door with a large roll of uh, a package of toilet paper and drops it in our cart. And we... We was like, start the car, start the car. We had our toilet paper. <laughs> I just needed to confess that and get that off my chest today. And it talks about, uh, will you have enough? Are you worried? You know, uh, we, we really are uh, in these times. And uh, the scriptures are telling us that we're not to do that. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. So we're, they're not stocking up. <laughs> and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And then Jesus asks this question. 
He asks it to you and to me today. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And what it's really saying is this. Worry itself will suck more out of you than the thing itself that you're worried about. So there's the thing itself, and then when we begin to worry about it, it begins to literally draw our life out of us and, and, and have an effect on us. Can all your worries add a single moment? It's a rhetorical question. Of course they can. So why do you worry about clothing? Uh, do the lilies of the field, look, at, look they, don't, they don't worry about it, and look how they grow. They don't work, um, and yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Jesus doesn't ask it in a condemnatory fashion. What's the matter with you? Why don't you, why don't you have enough faith? He's not asking that. He's asking the question, why are you not trusting the Father the way I showed you to trust him. Why are you not placing it in his hands? You know, in any relationship, trust is something that we grow in. Trust is something that, uh, that has to be developed. And today I just want to share with you that as Jesus asks the question, why, do you have a, 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 why don't you have a larger capacity to place it into his hands? And it's really because we don't truly know how much God loves us. We don't truly trust in how much he cares for us. Look at this verse from Philippians today. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. I want to pull out a couple words here. Don't worry. Instead, pray. In fact, would you say it with me today wherever you are? Don't worry. Instead, pray. According to the Scriptures as we read them here, that prayer really is when we transfer the thing, the thick of it, the difficulty, what we're not in control of anyway. When we transfer that to God, that truly is prayer. Prayer isn't holding on to it, praying about it, trying to catch God up on your week. Have you ever done that? I've done it. Hey, God, this is what's happening this week. Did you know this is going on and that's going on? We begin to rehearse what we're worried about. We begin to try to convince God he should be worried about it too. <laughs> but really what prayer is, is when the transfer has happened, the transition has happened, it's gone from your heart and you put it into his hands. We want to learn about that today. We want to know how to make that handoff today. Why? Because as Philippians, Paul went on, he said, if you do this, and that's an if, isn't it? It requires us to do something. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. What a powerful verse. That the peace of God, think about it, God's peace. God's peace. God's not upset about the virus right now. God's not upset about the economy right now. He's very peaceful. He's at rest. And God's peace and God's rest, which is a part of his life, is a part of our life if we tap into that. If you do this, if you pass to God the cares of your life, you will experience God's peace. 
Isaiah said it this way. And this is one of my most favorite scriptures, one, of, one that has been so meaningful uh, in my life. Isaiah said, uh, people with their minds set on you. He's personally talking to Jesus here. He said, Jesus, when people set their minds on you, you, you keep them completely whole. Think about it. Emotionally whole. Physically whole. Every part of us whole. Steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. They depend on God. They keep at it because in the Lord God, you have a sure thing. People with their minds set on you. We want to experience God's peace. We want to set our minds on God and not on the thing we're worried about. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how to do that. Practically, three, three things we can do. Number one, get to know God. And if you say today, I already have a relationship with God, then get to know Him better. <laughs> get to know Him better. And there are no shortcuts to this. Because every time I have faced the thick of it, and I've pressed in, as Christina admonished us a few moments ago, and she said, and it's, it's similarly for me, to press in and worship. We're going to talk about that next week, about how praise is so powerful and worship is so powerful because it brings us literally into God's presence. It brings God's presence literally and tangibly into the space that we're in at that moment. As we get to know Him, we relationally connect with Him. We spend time with Him. What I have found is as I have faced difficulty, in my life, when I get to the other side, each and every time, I've been able to say, God's for me, not against me. God came through again. And each time I've learned the principle of God coming through for me, that I didn't need to worry. I didn't need to hold on to it. That God was doing a good job himself. Each time I learn a little bit faster and a little easier to give it to God. Do I do that perfectly? No. But as I get to know God better, it becomes easier to do because I can trust Him with my life. Jesus knew His Father, and at that moment, into your hands, I commit my spirit. What a powerful lesson of thriving in the thick of it. Let's go back to our scripture in Matthew for a moment. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You say, well, what does the Scripture mean? A pagan runs after those things. I like the way the message version says it. People who don't know God. It's just another way of see, say people who don't know God. And the way he works, a fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. And you might say this morning, but I don't know God the way you're talking about. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment, the end of our, this service, to, to pray a prayer as an introduction of Jesus coming into your life, and you can know him. That's my greatest, greatest privilege and greatest, really, concern of everything that I do pastorally at Harvest is that you would know God and that you would know him better. People who don't know God and the way he works. As you learn to know God, you spend time with God, you begin to know that, and you stop worrying and fussing, and you hand over so much faster. There's no, no uh, replacement for knowing God. Number two, number two, put God first in every area of your life. This is really a, something you can do in prayer and say, God, is there an area of my life that you're not first in? We want to teach you uh, to put God first. And here at Harvest, we talk to you about 
putting God first in your time. That's why you're tuned in today. It's the first of the week. It's Sunday. We gather together. We set our first, our best of our week, our Sunday morning, and uh, where it'd be so easy to stay home and have breakfast, but you're probably doing that today. (laughs) But when we gather here together, we're intentionally putting the first of our week together. We intentionally give God the first of our, our giftings and our callings and our talents. We give those to God as we serve together here at Harvest. We put the first of our finances to God. There are some areas that we teach you put God first. And as you learn to put God first, other areas of your life come into alignment where God is first. And when God is first, He's free to work in your life. He's free uh, to take those things uh, from your hands. Uh, and so as we, as we seek first the kingdom of God uh, and His righteousness, all these things, all the things that uh, people who don't know God worry about, God simply gives them to you. They're called, it's called grace. It's called blessing. Uh, grace is not just the forgiveness of sin. Grace is literally the giving to us everything we have need of. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. But God gives it to us, and we, re- we are the recipients of his grace because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. As we don't seek that in a way to earn it, but simply we're saying, God, I want to put you first today. Getting up in the morning and that simple prayer, first thing as we wake up, God, I love you today. I want you to be first, first here in my day, first in everything that I do. Number three, live one day at a time. Wow, right now, that's a hard one, but I want to encourage you to live in the moment. Live one day at a time. This final part of the verse, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't isn't that true? Hey, I heard a saying. It goes like this. Don't put up the umbrella until it rains. (laughs) You say, what? Say it again. Don't put up the umbrella until it's actually raining. Some people are putting up their umbrella long before it starts raining, before the issues that we're facing are actually happening. We're worried about a lot of things with COVID-19 that haven't happened yet, and people are trying to figure it out, and the conspiracy theorists are going crazy right now, and the Internet is going crazy, and people are taking action before they need to take action. Now, social distancing, that's something we need to do, Uh, being very careful but not spreading uh, and being conscious about that, coming, uh, doing what we're doing right now in virtual networking and virtual small groups. These are all steps that we do need to take action on, but there are many things we don't have to take action on yet because we don't know. Sometimes putting the umbrella up before it's raining means you're blocking the sunshine, blocking the blue sky, blocking the blessings that are actually falling out of heaven right now. Hey, are you home alone with your kids? This might be a great time to catch up with your kids and bond again. You know, we've all been super busy. Why not reforge and rebond in our family times, in our marriages? There's so many things we can be doing. Hey, a lot of us are doing home renos. Why? Because we said, honey, when I have time, I'll get to that. We have some time, and my list is long, and maybe your list is long. Hey, here's what I'm saying. We can live in the moment. Do the best in the moment. Don't live tomorrow wondering what's going to happen or next year in the economy. Live in the moment. Give it to God. Jack Hayford, who is just one of my personal heroes over the years, and Jack has built a great, Pastor Jack Hayes, 
uh, uh, Hayford, excuse me, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford, a great church in Van Nuys, California. And he said this, and this is our final thought in your notes, to live through a bad day, indeed, to conclude it, is to place it into the hands of God and leave it there. Just before I bless you today and, and we end this broadcast, I want to ask you, are you watching today and you don't know God? You could, you could say, I, I don't know him. One of the ways that if maybe, I, maybe I do, maybe I don't, I'm not sure. If you were to die today and you were to find yourself face to face with God in heaven, what would be the next step for you? And if your answer is, I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't know if God would accept me. I don't know if I've done a good, enough good stuff in this life. I need to tell you today, to know God, the veil has been ripped. The separation between us and God's presence, Jesus dealt with on the cross. But we have to intentionally ask for it. We have to receive the gift of salvation that Jesus offered with his hands spread wide on the cross. The veil ripped from top to bottom. But you have to say, God, I would like to receive that. I would like that for my own life. None of us have done enough good things to deserve heaven. In fact, we've all broken God's law. We're all deserving of God's anger and wrath. Instead, God put it on Jesus. If you're listening today, watching me today, and you've never made a decision to give God your life, I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer right now of receiving God's love and God's forgiveness. The veil is open for you. God's presence is open to you today. A simple prayer like this, if you would just pray it after me. Let's just bow our hearts, our eyes together today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. I receive your gift of salvation today. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. Thank you for the excitement of doing life with you, knowing you from this moment on. Amen. I believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart today, you're born again, according to John 3.16, that Jesus has come into your life. I'm, I'm excited that you've done that today. Hey, there's a, a place that you can click on our, uh, on our page that I've made a decision, and we'll, we'll send you information to begin your journey with Jesus, uh, a Bible if you don't have one. We'd love to give you one today. If you have any needs today of prayer requests, there's a number coming up on the screen today that you can phone, and somebody will answer that. One of our ministry prayer team people will answer that. They'd be so happy to pray with you today and agree with you today uh, of whatever needs you might have. God bless you. Harvest, sign up for one of those virtual small groups. They're going to be amazing. They're going to be a lot of fun just to have an opportunity to pray together, stay connected, and process through all that we're going through in these days. Hey, don't worry. Put it into God's hands today. He's waiting for you to transfer it there. God bless you. We'll see you next week.